Hi, I'm James. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support Group. as always, and Alana Schlanker, who... Nailed it. Nailed the pronunciation. ...is gra- <laughs> nice. gracing us with her presence for reasons I have yet to uh, comprehend. But hopefully <laughs> it will not be a, uh, you know, a letdown on, on either, <laughs> either end, frankly. Um, Alana established her own design practice studio Alana Schlenker um, in 2011 after working in publishing at Condé Nast where I currently work Princeton (laughs) Architectural Press and Rodale um, and they focus on visual identities interactive work and printed matter she also created gratuitous type uh, which is an independent publication about type that's really cool Um, and she's worked with tons of clients ranging from up to Carnegie Museum of Art, Doosan Doosan, Facebook, the, uh, the New Yorker, and Fiden. Um, she teaches at Image Text Ithaca, right? Mm-hmm. You teach there too, right? Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> and uh, she runs a studio with uh, Mark Pernice called Out of Office as well. Uh, and she currently lives and works out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Good job. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alana... Uh, I met Alana by cold emailing her because I was a fan of her work and we had the same watch, I remember. Oh, yeah. We had the exact same watch and it was really a weird watch, like a very unique like designer watch. It's I don't even Cor- know who. Courtney Cassidy's watch, I Courtney think. Courtney Cassidy. Right? I don't know. I, I bought it off of Instagram and then I forgot who made it. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, so, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I visited her and Mark's studio when she was in Brooklyn one day. Um, mm-hmm. And then we've since like become friendly and worked together on a few projects. I'm happy to, you know, continue that friendship, <laughs> even though we're all like hunkered down and in different places. And um, so, so Alana, is the coming. move to Pittsburgh relatively recent? Uh, it feels recent, but it was actually like six years ago at this point. It's, it okay. looks crazy to me, but um, yeah. I lived in Brooklyn for a long time. Um, and then my partner had an opportunity to teach um, at Carnegie mm-hmm. Mellon here. Mm-hmm. And I had recently left my job, um, my full-time job. And so I was like, mm, I'm mobile, I guess. So uh, yeah, we moved here six years ago. Okay, well, cool. Cool. Yeah. But surprisingly um, great, and uh, this entire pandemic, I have thought about the studio apartment we used to live in in Greenpoint, and how one of us would be dead at this point <laughs> if we were if we were living in it right now through this whole pandemic. So I'm very yeah. happy to be it's here. So, it's funny because I talk to you like you know every once in a while, like over text, <laughs> and I'm always like just like imagining 
this like idyllic Pittsburgh like dream home that has like space everywhere and like you can just like go in like 20 different rooms and and I'm just like <laughs> I bet we have it's great. 20 rooms we have 19 rooms but okay. no I mean how many bathrooms we have we have two and a half bath well I don't know that's not the right math we have two bathrooms and a Pittsburgh bathroom which is um an open air toilet in the basement that's like a thing in Pittsburgh <laughs> Actually, I've heard about this That's thing. So yeah, I've heard about this thing. That's it's how like a Andy weird Warhol developed yeah. his uh, <laughs> no, I, They say that it's from like uh, the steel miners would come yeah. home dirty. I don't know if this is true, but they would come home dirty through the basement, wash off. I guess poop. <laughs> I don't know. I think a toilet, and that's like what that was for. <laughs> I'm really happy we're like three minutes in, and I've said poop already. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this on like a, a another podcast. It was like a weird like listener question type thing. Like, does this do, do other people in the in the the rest of the country have this weird bathroom <laughs> setup? Do no. they? No, I think it's a very <laughs> Pittsburgh thing. But it so. sounds really yeah. useful. Like you know, if you want to uh... sneak in like after work before like you're. <laughs> Just like go to the bathroom. I don't know. Something about it to me sounds very like serial killer, murdery, <laughs> like a basement, and then there's just like random toilet there. We do have space. It's not as dramatic as as you're saying, Drew, but I do have a lot of outdoor space, like garden space, which is really nice. Um, I really yeah, like. That so is... that's a little bit idyllic. Yeah, I guess you post pictures a lot on like of like flowers and stuff, and I'm, like, she's just like outside, like rolling around in the grass. Or kind of, yeah. <laughs> I try to. Uh, I think I was trying to think of like what would be like the worst project for you for to me? have to like not do something fun or like, and I was like, what, like, like a kind of like a like a memorial or like a like you know, like how would that you? Fun. <laughs> Actually, actually, sorry, this is like completely off topic, but when you say memorial, I'm totally changing the subject, but um, if we're just like, this is like the emotional podcast or whatever, um, my dad passed away a couple years ago, and one of the things I remember more than anything is being at the uh, funeral home, and you can get clip art on your tombstone. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What? There's this huge book. I've seen of those. like of like you okay so it's just like the, yeah like, like a golfer sports right? clip art like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god we visited and a, it's really weird and like the the design so when you say like design a memorial I'm like that sounds kind of fun and weird because actually like the language of that is like really it's like it's like the vernacular design that's like totally cool and in it's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of tombstone talk lately. Well, the wor- the worst part was like at the funeral home, they were like, well, um, one, you can have one piece of artwork for free. It's like just included in the price. And my brother, <laughs> and my brother is really cheap and was like, well, we should look and see. I mean, maybe there's, you know, and I'm like, no, like it has to be very tasteful. And <laughs> so my brother's like going through the book to get the free clip art from the tombstone. It's just like, where are we? What's happening? I give you full range to, in, you know, when the time comes, God forbid, like, you know, you can design my tombstone. (laughs) I would actually, that sounds like a great, like, 
I feel like in my will, it's like I should. You should I have should, a. I should specify a designer to be in control of of all of that stuff, or just do it. It's probably really hard to design <laughs> your own tombstone. Like, it, like yeah. it's hard enough to design your own website. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but uh, I would love for someone I really like to design my tombstone. But like, would you? that would be I pretty cool. If yeah. it was like Matthew Carter or somebody who's just like like untouchable it's like fine like he'll do a good job but it's not gonna be like you know david rudnick like acid no, I graphics want, i want like braulio to like do scripty that would be cool <laughs> yeah that would be cool <laughs> i feel like drew we were talking about like um what product hasn't been like millennialized or I, that's not a word but you know what i'm saying oh, yeah. and i feel like tombstones tombstones we could start selling cool designy tombstones on instagram <laughs> we'd be rich <laughs> they have to be for like pets or something like light you know like start out like low level like oh you had a mouse that Maybe. died like let me design that tombstone <laughs> i'm trying to think what would be like the worst the worst project I don't know. The problem is everything oh. sounds fun. Everything sounds like there's so many red flags, but I could maybe this is just going to work. And it, <laughs> and it, and it how doesn't. How do you keep that like, attitude, though? Like, how do you ma- maintain a positive, joyful attitude? Like, Well, that's not the best attitude when you, like, see the red flags and still decide, like, but but this could work for me. And then oh, all like the a, things you think are going to ha- could happen, happen. And you're like, why didn't I listen to my own intuition? I shouldn't, like I positive, shouldn't have taken this project. It's like, yeah. It's like and a positive stubbornness. Yeah. Maybe, you have like yeah. a duality. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. Like I thought about the worst case scenario and then I ignored it because I want to make this thing on fire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. want this gift to be burning. Despite the fact that it should not. Yeah, I think uh, I do it and I learn and I don't do that exact same thing again. But then I do like some other version of it. But I'm I'm trying actually 2021 is my year of no. Trying to say no to my things this year. And it's actually very empowering. I'm getting very good at it. Um, Like what? Do you have some tips? I could use some, you just some say tips. no, which I've well, never you didn't really say no done to this, before. so it must not well, be working very well. This is fun. I don't know. Also, like, I drink so infrequently now. I have like half a drink, and I think I'm like slurring my words already. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, that's good. That's what we like. <laughs> just we like uh, on this we like a a nice <laughs> kind of. Um, just like a slight buzz. <laughs> well, just to circle back a little bit, I'm curious if like the whole like idea of like being perceived a certain way, like being a creative restraint, right? Being like mm-hmm. that sort of narrow-minded reading, like does that play into like the creative challenges that you set yourself? Like, like, or do you feel like doubted in any way, or like? No, I think, um, I'm trying to think, I mean, I think that's the kind of thing that usually hopefully resolves itself before the project. I mean, in in right, most right. cases, like, people are coming to me because they like my work or someone I work with, I've worked with has recommended me. So in like 90% of the time, it's starting out like in a really good place. So it's not like yeah. I'm feeling like I have to prove myself. Um, I mean, if anything that maybe happens with like, 
a new client that I'm really excited about. And it's not anything mm-hmm. that they've said about my work. It's that like, okay, I have to, you know, the, the heart, like when you have a project where everything is going for it and the only thing that will make it not good is you not doing a good enough job. Like <laughs> that's like where I put pressure on myself. Like you have the I budget see, see. and you have the buy-in yeah. and like, that's like really hard, but um, no, I don't, I don't feel like I'm like, fighting anybody most of the time or like trying to push against that it's it's more just like in that one weird conversation that I had or like um those are the kind of things I guess like that I say no say no to like it feels like this person to like doesn't really know what I make or like they're they're coming to you know the when people come to you because you're a graphic designer not just like not like the graphic designer that they want to work Mm -hmm. with like that's when projects don't go well um And luckily, like, I don't have too much of that anymore. Yeah. I want to kind of pick up on something I think Drew was curious about was, like, how you sort of maintain a, like, positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that must <laughs> might be our, like, projection onto your work because you could be, like, miserable making these, like, exuberant, happy graphics. <laughs> well, I do wonder about but, that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, clearly there's like, a lot of painstaking work that goes in and, like, the fine detail, and I'm sure... You know, one of the things we've talked about on the podcast before is like how the work presents itself or how you present yourself versus the actual process. Yeah. What that looks right. like. Is it like you like crying and like spilling coffee on your keyboard and there's like this like <laughs> crazy cool colors on your screen, but you're just like mad or is it more like really fun and like it's a, just, like it depends. I mean, I do spill a lot of coffee on my keyboard. I do always have like peanut butter on my keyboard. I don't know. That's like I'm just always, too, always peanut butter. Yeah, apple, apple. Yes, that's butter. like my snack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's just everywhere. I don't know. I do cry a lot. Like uh, related, not necessarily related to design. I'm just like a you, you know, anything makes me cry. Uh, so there's that. But I, <laughs> but I think like I, I mean I I do. I do genuinely love the work that I do and like feel really happy like when I get a day of just like getting to design stuff all day or like making something really excited about. Um, I do have like plenty of days where I feel super complainy <laughs> and like everything is like a personal front to me or, you know, it's just like arguing with clients or whatever. But I think um, in general, I think I'm pretty positive. I mean, in this present situation, I think I would be more positive if, like, I got a vacation or I got to go somewhere. <laughs> you know, like, right. now it's, like, a little bit of a hard time, but I think, um, I and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of days where I'm just, like, and <laughs> Drew, I'm sure you know this because I'm, like, also bitching to you because you're one of the people that, like, now that, like, I have iMessage on my computer. It's just so easy to like <laughs> basically DM me like all day long my stream of consciousness <laughs> complaining yeah, about people. That's, that's where um, we're at at this point. Yeah. Like, but... <laughs> dump all the shit that I know that she's not going to judge me or she might be judging me about, but like just. Oh, yeah. I know that there's like this back and forth where it's like we just complain. So it's cool. And not so a lot of people I can't do that with because I'm just, yeah. Like, just I mean, from me. my personal experience, Drew is an excellent person to complain with <laughs> because he, is. he will outmatch you and you will feel <laughs> like so gratified. It's like, oh man, at least I'm not as bad as Drew. Well, and we're also both <laughs> no, like. I'm just kidding. Well, I think <laughs> I used to, it used to be that way, maybe more. Yeah. Hopefully, I've become a little more even keeled. 
<laughs> I think we're also both Jewish, so it's just like we're good yeah. at it. It's like I think you need to come. I I feel like probably to answer your question, like the like how do you stay joyful and positive? I think actually probably complaining Jewish. about like, being Jewish, um, but like complaining about like just like getting it out. Like it's the same as actually talking about like I cry very easily, but like I cry and nothing about design, just like mm. in my life or whatever. But it's like I cry and I immediately feel awesome like <laughs> after that. And I think like yeah, just yeah, being yeah. able to yeah, complain yeah, yeah. and vent to somebody and have someone be like, oh yeah, that's fucking stupid. Um, then it's like, okay, I'm good. And I can go back to what I'm doing and like I feel yeah, that sort of returns like you back me. to yeah. yeah yeah it's like you yeah. need somebody who can be like that's cool don't worry about it and then somebody else who could be like look like you should probably like like you need somebody who's like stop complaining and just do your shit but you also need somebody <laughs> that's who's my, just like <laughs> that's my part yeah that's like, really you keep complaining about this maybe you just shouldn't do it and I'm like I love no, it I would not exactly do it. <laughs> like you need both like yeah. my wife is just like it's like she's the one who's just like that's not good or that's good like <laughs> and then other people are just like it's great yeah i'm just like it's not great why are you telling me that like, yeah you nuts. need all the people you need like i just need affirmation right now so i'm gonna go to that person who's gonna tell me it's awesome i'm gonna go to that person be yeah real about it yeah. that's what instagram comments are for you just put the hard <laughs> eyes and the fire and that's it and then everyone's happy Let's begin. Slowly and gently take a deep breath in. Allow your thoughts to wander, not judging them, not questioning them, simply noticing them and accepting. Now, begin to bring your attention to your own design work. Think of the projects featured on your website, the ones that make you smile. Which is your favorite? Which bring you joy? Notice if any doubt or criticism begins to creep in. And why not, just for this moment, appreciate the accomplishment instead? Why not allow yourself to hold that joy? Remember that this is what you are capable of. This is your creative potential unlocked, opened, formalized. And the best part is that more opportunities are just around the corner. To embody your full design potential, to show the world, your client, and yourself who you are and who you can be.
So, I mean, I'm definitely not as familiar with your work. Uh, Drew kind of exposed me to your work, but I think one thing I noticed right away is there's definitely like a sense of playfulness and like it maybe this may be over descriptive, but like also a sense of ornament to your design, like mm-hmm. a balance between like simplicity and ornament and decoration. And I'm just like curious, you know, since our podcast is more about like the emotional and psychological side of things, um, more maybe about like, you know, where where that sort of play comes from for you. And then also like um, any issues or like, thoughts about like the perception of the work like taking like I think I guess like the central core of this question is like a level of seriousness because like Mm -hmm. I think I struggle with that too where it's like I want to be more exuberant but um I also want to like take myself seriously and then like you know also like the you know the breaking the rules and like following the rules type of thing so on the note of playfulness I guess I mean maybe a lot of that is my personality like I think I mm-hmm. hope I have a sense of humor and I definitely don't take myself that seriously I take my work seriously in terms of like I want to do a good job for people <laughs> but I right. think um I just really like what I do and it's really fun for me so I, I think maybe like that's how that comes through I mean I I hope that I have range and, you know, there are projects that kind of come through my door that are very serious that I hope I bring the right level of like um, gravitas to. Uh, I don't make Mm -hmm. everything like crazy and colorful and, you know. Um, But yeah, I think think that that sense of like fun is just maybe a little bit of me coming through in my work. Yeah. Do you have like a... Do you think about it like actively or does it just sort of happen that way? I think it just happens. I mean, I'm always I'm always trying to like push myself to do something that I'm proud of, that I'm like excited about, that's not repeating myself hopefully. Um, you know, balanced with of course like what does the client want to do and what works for them. Um but yeah, I think I think I'm just like trying to constantly make like have the next project be like the best project I've ever made. Not saying yeah. it ever is, but you know, I'm just, it's always like striving to like, I, I want to do better. I want to be like really proud of this thing. And so um, it's, it's not a matter of like, I'm actively trying to go in this or that direction. Um, but it's just like, I'm, I'm just always trying, I guess I'm always trying to like find something that's surprising like an execution that surprises me that surprises like Mm -hmm. the the user or the reader or who you know whatever Mm -hmm. the kind of medium is um so yeah I don't know does that make sense yeah I mean I guess that like element of surprise is interesting because I feel like actually all three of us have that interest in like creating something where that's like somebody may not necessarily expect to see and that's Mm, like success in our minds like did I do something that like I've maybe not seen done exactly this way and like makes somebody kind of not uncomfortable, but like just a little bit like disoriented. I think also it's like, cause I do this all the time. It's also like, you want to surprise yourself. Like you don't want to just keep making the same thing over and over. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I don't know that I always succeed. I, I feel like sometimes, um, 
I don't know. I look, like uh, my work could be more expressive or more creative yeah. or like b- boundary pushing. And I don't know that it necessarily. Is. I was just going to say, why do you think you're compelled to like surprise yourself? Just because it, can, it can't just be like out of boredom. Like I would, I wonder myself too, like, where does that drive to be playful and like to create work that's like exuberant come from? Because, you know, some people, are fine making work that has like, you know, very understated qualities too. And like, um, and I think a lot of, some of your work has that of course, but yeah, the, like, I think that like that predominant sort of like Alana Schlenker vibe is like very obviously exuberant and like colorful and joyful. Yeah. So like clearly there must be some impulse there that's, you know, like I wonder where that, where the drive for that like kind of joy comes from I think it's just what I'm attracted to and like what I classify as being good or interesting I guess it it just that's what that is and for other people it's like a totally different thing but um, and I guess also you know you you make certain kind of work and then you attract certain kinds of people who respond to that work so I think um, in a great way like I've also attracted clients that want more of that thing so then they're also asking for like let's make it super fun and colorful hopefully not always but you know like they want that um that's like a really happy place that I find myself in you know like people asking to make the work that I want to make um so it's also like coming from you know what the client might be asking for you know like Drew we're working on something hopefully and it's like (laughs) we want it to be like this other thing that you did that's crazy and fun and colorful so it's like you do it and it just like kind of begets more I don't know if I've ever said the word begets but it (laughs) begets more of that kind of work is that even what that word means that's like a very biblical thing because it's like they say like uh it's like that whole section of the Bible where it's like somebody begot somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do you ever find yourself like wanting to push back against that too and just being like, I'm not going to do that like this time. I'm going to do like. I, uh, not necessarily that, but just sort of like incorrect interpretations of like what my work is. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I recently, I think I, I've complained to you about this, Drew, but like I re- <laughs> I recently um, had a project where like it almost fell through because someone said like oh my work is too feminine and I don't really like I guess I don't know I I don't really see that in my work in the way maybe some people do Um, or some people come to me um, because I'm like a woman and make colorful work and they want me to make like really girly work like I think they just like Mm -hmm. They like see my work, but they don't really see it. And so they say like they want what I do, but I feel like that's not what I actually do. So that kind of thing I push back on, I guess. But I'm always, I mean, any person that's like, let's make a crazy colorful thing. I'm like, absolutely, let's do that. Why wouldn't we do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's that feminine. I remember you telling me about that. And I was just like, <laughs> A, that's just like offensive, regardless of whether or not it's true. <laughs> True, which it isn't but like I don't know I just I I don't know maybe James you could follow up on this because I kind of know I mean I think if but... Elena if you don't mind if we could kind of um 
talk about that a little bit more and maybe in a broader sense in terms Mm -hmm. of like perception of your work as versus sort of like how you perceive your own work and like I'm curious like immediately sort of what was your, your reaction to that kind of thing and also like how do you sort of navigate because On one hand, like, you're not always in control of how people understand your work, like, Mm -hmm. even though you want to dictate it in a certain way, Um, but, like, kind of balancing people's expectations and interpretations of your work. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, in that case, I just responded with, you know, please see this, 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 and this. I wouldn't describe any of these things as feminine or actually even, you know, colorful or crazy or, like, here's Mm -hmm. all these other examples. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing that I've encountered. Um, you know, like, uh, one of the jobs I worked at full time for a while, they published like a whole range of books, um, at like super kind of like, you know, some mass tradey stuff and some, I love like the dry academic books with like tons of text. Like I love laying that out actually. Um, but I would mostly get assigned the books that were for women and it was really frustrating. And then the the more frustrating part was like, I would design it. Like they'd say, well, you know, we want you to, because you understand, you know, uh, we want you to lay it out how you would. Uh, and then I would, and they'd be like, wow. it's not very girly. Can you make it more girly? <laughs> wow, like, like very there's so many scary. layers. Yeah. I mean, it's like, first of all, a book for women doesn't have to like look girly but also it would be very frustrating because it'd be like well you're giving me this book because I'm a woman which I guess on some level I appreciate you know like I mean yes okay that makes sense um but at the same time you're telling me like what women like and I am one so I don't know it's just I've I've encountered that kind of thing and that's kind of that's frustrating I don't mind my work being called feminine I think I bristle at people saying your work is can't be masculine or can't be more than that um but that kind of thing where it's like you know make this thing for women and and women want like scripty handwriting and it's just like oh you know that kind of thing kills me (laughs) yeah it's interesting to hear your 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 reaction too because it's not necessarily you're against the description per se but more against you're reacting to like how limiting or narrow-minded that interpretation can be mm-hmm. um as like a creative restraint which I think is interesting because like anecdotally like I remember in grad school um a lot of my peers and some of my professors were uh, saying that my work is really masculine which was interesting for me because my reaction to that was like I kind of self-reflected and I was like I'm one, I'm not like a super masculine personality, mm-hmm. but then also it made me think like, oh, you're right. Like I've been working, in a, like I was working at like a company before where it was like pretty much all males. Um, I was like, maybe, yeah, like I haven't been so sensitive to like other perspectives. <laughs> but I feel um, like with you in particular, like I feel like your work was masculine, but like also critical of masculinity to a degree. At yeah, least in grad I mean, school. like, yeah. I mean, the and, ironic thing was like I was doing projects where it was like trying to unpack the like pre-gendered, um, like messaging and product packaging and stuff like that. Um, yeah, which I guess is like kind of. I was gonna say something about your work, Alana, along those lines, where it's sort of like 
it does feel like a sort of like play on femininity if if it even is that because it's like yeah like something fun doesn't have to be not serious it can be both yeah and I don't know why that is automatically feminine necessarily um I mean there's an interesting there's a I mean it's actually not a great book but the in my opinion but the the concept is interesting but have you read that book um chromophobia um but it's that like there's you know this pervasive fear of color and it's very like um it's it's very um like xenophobic and um gendered and it's like you know color is associated with women and um non-western culture and it's suspect for some reason and and i i think that's i don't know it doesn't make a ton of sense to me because actually if you look at nature you know the like color is is the male thing it's like the peacocking thing it's i just i don't i don't know why uh being colorful is feminine in any way um but it's it just it's this book's sort of interesting in that um yeah it just talks about how that's like um there's a lot of other kind of support now? We love hearing from the design community. Call us at 202-507-9158. Please share your story with us after the tone. We'll do our best to respond on our podcast. Please leave a name or alias, design role, and location. Thank you for your call. lots of different people on all your projects too and like how that plays into sort of like what those relationships are like or whether you sort of bring those people in to kind of like shake things up for you like Mm -hmm. and like makes unexpected kind of like oh I don't know where this is gonna go because and you like that sort of like unexpected openness maybe like to Mm -hmm. working with somebody new yeah I think like I collaborate with different designers and I mean part of it's just like practical sometimes I'm really busy and it's like if someone can start this <laughs> that'd be really helpful but um I think yeah I think it's like you know it's awesome to collaborate with people and just get other brains and other energy and like um and not you know fall into your own patterns or like what's easy I mean I think that's like what I I don't and again I don't know that I like succeed at this but like I try to not do to not fall into the trap of like, this is the easiest thing to get it done. Like I want it always to be the best thing. And so sometimes that's like, I'm going to bring in other people um, because I like love their vision or just like, like I said, like, cause they have time and I don't, and like they can get it started. Um, 
so it kind of it kind of depends um and also it's just like a thing of like I'm a very small studio and how do you grow and I don't and do I want to grow I don't know um I feel like I'm struggling with not struggling but like that's like the big question in the last mm -hmm. couple of years it's just like do I need more people who are like on staff but then I have to answer to them and like be responsible for them or does this thing I have going now where it's like I bring in someone for this and I bring in someone for that um is that sustainable I don't know is there like a kind of like you get to try like different characters and different like like there's like different versions of like the type of work you do and that's how it kind of plays out like, yeah I mean I, I guess <laughs> I guess it's just like I'm first of all protective of my own stuff because I don't want to like disappear into the studio and then come out 15 years later this is like a completely made-up scenario but like and and I my name is gone and like it's I don't know if that makes sense but like yeah, I, yeah. I um I don't know I just felt like this is really cool and I really want to do it, but it's like, I also like, I'm also like very A type. Like I like having the thing that's my thing that I'm in charge of. I make all the decisions. And I think like with book stuff, um, in most cases, like that's something I'm really good at. And I don't always need a partner for that at the root of my entire practice is like, I just want to do everything <laughs> and everything sounds interesting. And I think I'm like maybe easily bored by if I if I only did books or if I like only worked alone it would just get a little bit boring but also like I don't only want to work with somebody so it's just like me trying to trying yeah, to I mean, do that, everything that's kind of the question I always have because it seems like there's so much work that comes out of like this person <laughs> and I'm like where does it all come from and like how do you like sleep or like are you working constantly like no you also Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I sleep a lot. I knew, yeah, I, I, I don't, funny. I'm not that, I mean, like, I have periods of being really busy, but actually, since moving to Pittsburgh, I would say more than anything else, like, I have, like, a much better work-life balance than I've ever had. I mean, I, I, there's, like, odd situations where, you know, I have to do something, but, like, I generally don't work on the weekends. I, I try to kind of, stop working at six o'clock I mean there are nights that I'm like oh, I'm gonna go do this stupid thing in front of the television yeah. or whatever but like I'm I try to be pretty good about like not working constantly so um I think I've I think like that I've gotten better at working I think I'm like a pretty fast worker and I'm a very good multitasker <laughs> so I'm just good at like bouncing around but I also yeah, think yeah. it's like I, it's not like I, I don't think I do that much more than anybody else. I think it's just like the inner through the lens of the internet and Instagram. It just like, you, it seems like everybody's yeah. doing more than you, but like, you're all, I don't know. It's like, it's, but there, I am curious, I guess, cause you're like always wanting to do projects. You're always wanting to do more things and work with more people. Like, is there any like anxiety attached to that or is it all like positive? Um, I think that's a good question. I mean, I was talking to a friend about in the in the in the vein of like the saying no thing, um, like scarcity mindset of like what if um I think that's something that like I have that I need to push against, which is like I have to say yes to everything because like what if I say no and then there's nothing? And that's like, mm -hmm. like not real, but I think that's something that I've like always had. Um so yeah, it's it's partially probably just like an unhealthy 
like I want I want to do everything because like I have to or well, like, I don't know it's interesting because it's like I don't know you that well obviously but like I know you well enough to I can get a sense that like it's not you don't seem like an unhealthy person but your you, your work seems like you're doing a ton of work so it's like <laughs> your work I, seems unhealthy <laughs> like, I don't know I was like trying to figure it out it's like she's like I only know you through the context of like the internet and text and like iMessages at this point basically yeah so it's like, yeah you know how I don't know what your life but like you garden and things like there are things yeah that, I have that, hobbies. Are, like, that are like not related <laughs> at all to work so I'm just curious like where like what that kind of looks like and how you you're, you have like a drive to keep taking on a lot of projects but at the same time you're like pretty like you're you seem to have like a balance I hope um, I do I mean I don't know I mean that's part of like talking about working with other people it's like okay what if I've helped yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. like but I, I don't know I, I I'm sure I probably work more than like the average person probably not the more than the average designer I don't, yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know um but I mean it's like one of those things I just like I really like what I mean that I think the hard, hardest thing for me is like again I just I really like what I do so it's like making myself stop work <laughs> yeah yeah when I'm enjoying it is like the hardest thing sort of sometimes um but I, yeah I well try. that's interesting too because it's like you li- you still enjoy that process enough to like have to pry yourself away from it like I, I, I find that interesting for somebody who's been working like in the field for a long enough time that, for a hundred like, years no but like you know I've worked with people who have like worked been working for like five years and they're like over <laughs> I mean I think I'm over <laughs> I think I'm in some ways I mean I'm over like obsessing about design or like I'm I'm a little bit like um you know I'm struggling with gratuitous type because like that started in a period where I was like super young. It's like, I just want to talk about design all the time. And I think that's different for me. Like, I don't, I mean, this is fun. And like, I like to talk about design, but I don't want in my spare time to make work about design right now. Um, So like also gratuitous type is kind of like not been published for like five years. Oh, I was gonna. I was kind of curious to hear a little bit more. Like, w- relationships is one thing that we talk a lot about on this podcast, and like just kind of balancing those relationships between collaborators. But I think that that relationship between co- collaborators is very different and unique. And I'm I'm curious how you juggle that or like form those bonds and maintain those bonds. Yeah. yeah, well, I think sometimes, but sometimes clients, like people can pay you and be amazing collaborators. And I think like, right. what I have a lot of clients that are not, like I've worked with so long that they're my friends and they're my collaborators. And I don't really mm-hmm. think of them as clients, even though they like technically right. are. Um, so I think you can have really good collaborators that like yeah. pay you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the best. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm more specifically interested to hear a little bit about that relationship where like you are you are the person asking this person to join your project. Yeah. So it's like you're not their employer. Yeah. And like, you know, I understand like the clients becoming collaborators things because that's like, you know, as you work together, but that sort of precarious situation where it's like you're approaching this person for a specific thing. But you also want to respect their creative boundaries so you're not like art directing them completely. 
Yeah. But it's still your project, you know? It it depends, because I think, like, when I hire a designer that's, like, working under the studio, sort of, that is, like, I'm the art director. And I respect them as a creative person, but that's, like, Mm -hmm. I decide what the thing is that we send out. And it's different from, like, I hire um, a typographer, an illustrator, and it's more, like, what is your vision? And that's, like, like, they're they're both really collaborative, but I think um, it's a little bit of a different dynamic where one is kind of, like, I'm the boss and it's my studio, (laughs) and the other is more, like, maybe not equal because it's still maybe I'm the client in some ways. But, um, yeah, it's different. But I, I I think what I like to... And I try as much as possible to like work with all kinds of different people also is just like, I realize all the things that I can't do that I'm not good at. (laughs) Like I can't design type and I can't draw and I can't, there's so many things I can't do. And there's so many things I see that I love that I think are amazing. And it's just like, I constantly, it's like, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. So um, working with all these different people is, is like a way to, um, feel like I can do those things. <laughs> yeah. Even though I no, that's can't. A, that's actually really really cool that you say it like that because one thing that Drew and I were talking about in preparing for the podcast <clears throat> today was sort of like collaboration also being this sort of recognition of like your limits mm-hmm. or your own like I don't know. We were we threw around the word insecurities, but I don't think it's insecurities, but it's like it's like I I want this level of something. And I know I can't do it, but yeah. in order to also get it, like, I need to admit that I can't do it. Because, like, I've been in situations, yeah, like, I've been in situations where it's, like, ah, like, I want to achieve this style of, like, drawing. And, like, I just struggle with it and struggle with it. And I don't even, like, recognize the ability. Like, I'm th- sitting here thinking right now, I was, like, I'm doing this magazine project and, like, I've been struggling for weeks to think of, like, an illustration to do like to do illustrations and I don't really do that many illustrations but then I was like oh wait someone contacted you months ago when you first started this project like why don't you just reach out to them yeah um I was just gonna say that like I think that there's a certain level of like maturity you know some of the best most revered like creative people just know who to work with and also just know how to pick collaborators like obviously the the annoying ones take credit for all of it but like, you know, I feel like Kanye being a prime example of somebody who just, like, is really fucking good at picking collaborators. And, like, yes, he is a g- genius in his own way, but, like, not I'm not going to get into Kanye. Yeah, I'm really here. glad like, that we got there. Really but, but, uh, but just, Kanye. like, thinking, like, you know, like, filmmakers are a good example of people yeah. who are revered as being, like, auteurs or, or, like, having a vision. But, like, they do it with, like, thousands of people involved. Every single thing that that, that the filmmaker does somebody is hired to do so yeah. it's like why would why do you have to think of other art forms a different way you know like why wouldn't you just get like somebody who's really good at so and so to like kind of fulfill? and also if, if you're lazy like <laughs> you're like i don't want to <laughs> learn how to do that <laughs> i can't go imagine. to the person who does it really well well yeah <laughs> like the laziness that, but that's actually something i'm interested in is like do you feel like it's like do you have any sort of insecurities or qualms about that as well like do you wish you could do it yourself or is it sort of like Uh, that's a really good question I think I mean it's like you look at people who are just like they have such like a specific style and vision and they're so prolific and it's like yeah I wish I could do that but also it's like I you know I accept like 
who I am and what I can do. And so the way the way to get virtually everything anyway. No, no, no. (laughs) The the way to like do those things that I like is like instead of trying to like rip that person off or you know like let's just work together. Um. So Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Wait. Okay. This is like a totally random thing. But speaking of film. Have you ever seen The Thing? <laughs> I've never seen it, it, actually. It's so good. The thing? I mean, it's, I've it, seen it, it a long time ago. That's it's, like, a, it's, it's this John Carpenter movie. I've, been, I've like yeah. totally been, well, now that the snow's melted, I don't feel this way, but like last week I was in the, like, I just want to watch like people in, in the, like in Antarctica in like isolation <laughs> situations. <laughs> so I watched The Thing the effects are are so crazy and i was looking it yeah. up and the guy who did them was like 21 um yeah you should watch it, yeah. is it, is it like just kind of lame like not actually scary no it's not uh, it's like it's the effects are so crazy i think there were times that just out loud i was like holy shit <laughs> they're kind of scary because they're just like so crazy but i mean it is also like kind of can't because it's like so ridiculous but you should yeah. you should if you like horror you should watch it because it's like insane um but that that's just like this, uh, i don't know this is i don't know where i'm going with this but like this guy's like 21 and he's just like that's just it must like, have been an insane job like to get at that age well, apparently he like worked on it for a year, and by the end had like all these health problems because he like lived <laughs> at the studio and, like, and, and and like, but that's the kind of thing like kind of going back to like how busy are you? How much do you work? Like, I I I do I remember like being in my twenties and like being single also, which like I think it makes it easier to work all the time, and like just working nonstop like like getting up in the morning before my full-time job and working and then going to work and working and then going home and working and like repeat infinitely. And I had this boss that was like, she was in probably my age now and was like, I just don't know how you have the energy for it. And I remember thinking like, Oh, that's really sad that she doesn't like love graphic design as much anymore. And now it's like I'm there and I'm like, oh, you just are like a healthy, normal person. And like, I get it. Like, I still love design. I just like don't want to do it every second of every day. But speaking of effects, we had that question that uh, is. This is the worst segue ever. What has been the most <laughs> yeah, that psychologically was affecting experience in your design career? Like, what what has stuck with you? Was there like a singular like defining moment? Like, oh, where... I know. I think it's just like maybe not studying design, which isn't like a a moment, but mm-hmm. like I I'm an untrained designer in terms of like I didn't I don't have a degree in design, um, even though. I always wanted to be a graphic designer and like I went to college with that plan. I just had this like very half-baked idea of like what was a good way to do that and I thought I'm gonna do a really practical thing and get a liberal arts degree because like that's way better and more marketable than a design degree. I don't know Um, but I think not studying design for a long time made me like very insecure as a designer like all that imposter syndrome that I still have to a degree although like I think I'm overcoming it a little bit but I think that's like the thing that has maybe 
like scar- scarred. I don't know if you can be scarred by not doing something, but like that's kind of like I've always felt a like little bit weird you. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, actually, that's why I went that. to grad school because I had that exact <laughs> feeling, and I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go to grad school and get rid of it." I thought about. Did you get rid of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> did you catch more of it? I mean, yes and no. It's like, yeah, I have this like degree from this school that people know, but also yeah. like I still <laughs> need to work hard for people to take me seriously sometimes. Because that's one thing that's interesting that I notice. I always forget that you didn't study design because really? your design is like so seemingly like rooted in some of that like it seems like it knows all the things that I like had to go to school to learn or like yeah I think the fundamentals are there for sure thanks like, I mean maybe overly sophisticated <laughs> in a way too yeah like to yeah I mean where... I, I think that's the thing that I really went through was like when I was starting I was like making these things that were like so tight and rigid and like other things that existed because I felt like mm. I had to do that to right. like prove that I could do that and like breaking right. the rules was somehow revealing that I didn't know what I was doing and I think the liberating thing is like getting to a point where like okay I'm like I, it doesn't matter what I do it doesn't matter if I break if I don't use the baseline or whatever like nobody's checking first of all they never were checking but um it's like I've gotten to a point where like I don't feel like prove myself to anybody I I can just like do whatever I want but you still have like that lingering feeling that you have to prove yourself to to yourself (laughs) always forever but but I think I think also like I'm I just like really like rules like I think that's also like why I'm a graphic designer like I like the order of graphic design and so um at some point originally it was like following all the rules was like to prove that I knew what I was doing but then I realized like also following the rules is like really soothing (laughs) and like feels really good and brings order to my life like in some I don't know like we don't have to go into my childhood but (laughs) I, I definitely like had a chaotic childhood and I think this is like the reaction <laughs> to that it's yeah. like I put things in order all day long and I follow all the rules all day long I mean I kind of wish we went <laughs> <to that laughs> childhood. being that this is the uh you know emotional reckoning <laughs> podcast but it's actually funny because I feel like that's <clears throat> kind of why I'm drawn to design too just like really yeah because I had a very like crazy household growing up too and like it was the only place where I could like make things look the way I wanted them to quickly Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. like you can do it really quick like and so it's just like okay like everything is like batshit crazy but at least this thing looks like kind of cool yeah I think that's I that like resonates with me so much I don't know James like is is your situation totally different or the like yeah I don't I I'm not a very controlling person um I think I used to be. I think I think the control thing used to be a thing for me, but I think for me it's like I don't know. Design has always been more about expression for me, mm-hmm. and like getting that out of my system. Um, because like I think I'm a pretty opinionated and vocal person, but like I definitely like am not when I first meet people. So I think yeah, design has been a lot. Like I I don't actually deal with rules very well. <laughs> so, 
I'm always like making them and breaking them. It's like, oh, that's okay. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, mean that's the problem that I have too. Yeah. What do you mean? I just feel like, it's like, I have this caveat that like, well, I know how to do it right, but I just don't feel like doing it right. But if I like happen to do it right, that's pretty cool. But like, I don't want to like try too hard to do it right, you know? Because that's like right, lame. Right. You sound. You I don't sound know. Like, you sound, you like, sound like you don't want to make your bed. <laughs> yeah, it's like punk rock. It's like. Punk's cool because nobody knows how to play their instruments and blah, blah, blah. But also, like, they all, like, died at, like, the age of 27. Yeah. Or they became, like, Johnny Rotten and he's, like, a trumper now. So, But one other thing we like to do on this show is come up with a mantra. And I'm trying to think of, like, a consistent theme that we can build a mantra around. I think I think my mantra is uh, let someone else design your tomb. How about that? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. There you go. That's very good. <laughs> now oh. I really now I like really want to get into the headstone game. Like, how do you do that? How do I break <laughs> in? But yeah, thank you so much for making the time. Yeah, thank you. Guys. This is a a great episode, too. I hope.